gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. happening everybody and welcome to this the latest episode of eat sleep suplex retweet i am the reaper of nightmares steven wilson <laughs> that's like the most accurate thing you've seen <laughs> and today we are talking about an angle which lives long in the history of many wrestling fans for both good and bad reasons yes it is the 1999 angle of the higher power reveal which is either funny or amazing or really bad depending what you want to look at it at uh, so we're going to be talking about that today and we're going to make our attempt to rebook the angle mostly from the point where the ministry of darkness started at the beginning of that year right through to the reveal and the aftermath or lack of aftermath so we should say so before we go on to that topic i will first introduce my panel, or as I like to call them, the Ministry of Daphnis. First of all, as a man, he is as uncomfortable as an Undertaker versus Goldberg match with the charisma of the Great Cali. He is, of course, Scott McLeod. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first you make me go on this show and have to watch all these Ministry of Darkness clips and then you give me that. The only reason, only saving grace is a particular member of the ministry that I'll get to later on. Oh, do you know what I liked about that? Scott looked behind him like there's another Scott McLeod. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, no offence. No he, he didn't just look over one shoulder, he looked over both shoulders. I'll be honest with you, no offence, but I thought you were talking about the guy sitting next to me. <laughs> I'm not Ross, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our next panellist, while well, he may aim to look like Dr. Fraser Crane, he's got the skills and qualifications of a combination of Dr. Isaac Yankum and Dr. Shelby. It's Andy Mitchell. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. It is me, Stephen. It is. <laughs> how you doing? You alright? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, man. Good. Looking yeah. forward to this as your crowning moment. Yeah, I like how, I think, like, when you say, like, uh, Fraser, I, I don't have any hair. Neither did he, pretty much. Uh, rounding off our panel today, uh, it's a guest panellist this week, uh, we've decided to upgrade the quality of our resident DJ, so if you aren't a fan of go give cheap flights to Ireland and nonsense patter, this man is an upgrade to Ryan Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Mitchell and Ryan Gallagher, that's Chris Mitchell. Hello, thank oh, you. I was doing so well. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've actually got Ryan Gallagher. Yeah, you, 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 you survived to the final hurdle. I know, I did. Chris, how are you doing? It's nice to meet you. I'm right, yeah. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey. I'm just, I'm loving this bread. Thanks, Blacko. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've set too high a standard. He's came in here with bread. <laughs> yeah, I've, bread I've, I've, I've come into a full spread here. It's lovely. Yeah, Haribo as well. Haribo, nah, that's... They don't give us any sponsorship on, like, Shettleson's Day. One day we could have had that would have went well with this bread. Yeah. <laughs> nice juicy potatoes. No, add that extra smoke to it. <laughs> An extra beef. <laughs> uh, rounding off today's panels, a man who's full of the chatter. He can't eat pancake batter, but he's the master of the badass chia batter. That's Kwaku Aji. Oh my god, thank you very much for that. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. It, it took me all day to figure out what Ryan tried to chatter. I'm not going to lie, but yeah. Did you make that up on the spot? Or? <laughs> yeah. I wish I'd made that up on the spot. I don't have that much skill. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Clearly. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> so we are here today to try and rebook the higher power angle or greater power angle, depending on when you live through this. Uh, before we get on to the show, just a bit of housekeeping. You can catch all our past shows 
on suplexretweet.com if you want to subscribe to us to get the updates as they happen uh, we are on all good podcasting sites be it Apple uh, Android or Spotify and of course you can catch us on all the social media platforms Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at suplexretweet right folks are you ready to get your creative hats on and yes. apply, uh, apply it. Okay. <laughs> well, what was that? Put uh, yourself forward for a job in WWE. Yeah. I, I want to be as well as this angle. <laughs> <laughs> to the armchairs. Right, so let's talk about the higher power. So to give the listeners a bit of context who maybe are not familiar with how this started, it started around about the fall of 1998 where The Undertaker who hadn't been a heel for around about eight years or eight, seven years or so, uh, took an evil turn when he went back with his KFEB father, Paul Bearer, and announced that he was going to be forming a sort of Ministry of Darkness to take down Stone Cold Steve Austin. This then led to a number of events, including an incident we talked about in last week's quiz where he tried to embalm him alive, mm. and then hung him on the symbol <laughs> in a great image to end Raw. If you were a child at that point, it was quite intimidating. We then see Undertaker then lost a Bread Alive match to Austin at that month's pay-per-view. Disappeared for a month or so, and then we got a, what was it, a series of mysterious angles where, first of all, the acolytes uh, kidnapped Midian, or as he was known then, Dennis Knight, who was then sacrificed on the first Raw of 1999. Another terrifying moment. And then at the Royal Rumble, we saw a certain Mabel uh, also kidnapped yes. by the Ministry to then become Viscera and the Ministry of Darkness in its first uh, incarnation was formed. We then later got the Broods on board to complete the set and the Ministry of Darkness, as I said, was formed. Let's talk about that formation and the bits I've talked about there. Scott, I'll start with you on this one. What was your thoughts on the formation of the Ministry of Darkness? Well, all of this for me is having to go back in retrospect and look at it, but it's very clear that, that month off that Undertaker had, given this was an easy curly, was not watching, flicking through the channel, flicked on Fox and clearly Buffy the Vampire Slayer came on, he thought, yeah, I've got an idea. Let's call up Vince Russo and let's get this going. <laughs> uh, and uh, to a lot of people, this kind of, when they brought out the Ministry of Darkness to start with, it kind of led back to pass the table from Kevin Sullivan, I think. Oh, with the, uh, oh, what's it called, the one to take down Hogan? Dungeon of Doom. Dungeon, Dungeon of Doom, Doom. yeah. There's a lot of similarities to that one. Actually, yeah, it was like sort of the, the sort of the Matrix version of that kind of thing, because, <laughs> you know, that film was just coming out and they're all wearing the black and... And yeah, ridiculous. It is an odd uh, bunch of characters, like you say, like you got with the uh, Mabel and Vizera, and yeah, they're just like randomly thrown in there. But it works. It was like this intimidating stable in WWE, where stables were their, their massive things, you know. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what was your thoughts on the ministry when you first started seeing all this happening with Undertaker? And- well, I, as I said earlier before we started recording, I was about eight at this point, so <laughs> it scared the living daylights at me. Um, just Viscera one of those characters that just makes you just cry in fear <laughs> just with the, way, with the way he looked that was pretty much my first um, my first introduction to it by seeing him and going oh my god he's so scary <laughs> um, but yeah it, it, it was a strange time <laughs> <laughs> it was peak it's a good way to sum up the attitude there. Yeah, yeah, it was a strange it's... time where it was the, the best of times <laughs> it was the blurst of times <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mentioned a lot of the strange goings on in that kind of brief summary there uh, the first one which we talked about in last week's quiz the embalming alive yes. uh, 
That's an interesting thing to see on national television. Can you explain to some of the listeners what embalming means for the ones that, that don't know what that is? Uh, it, was descri- it was described on last week's show and I can't remember what it You remove the blood mm-hmm. off a dead body and then as you put some embalming fluid to kind of preserve it. Yeah, or, they try to do it to a living stone girl. Yeah, it's, so it's like... Um, taxidermy but not stuffing it if you like. A tradition from Egypt. Oh. Just to put it that way. Really? Tutankhamen. He got him banned before he got put ah. his, his educational aspect of this show. Yeah. yeah. It's a Bread, Spread and education. We've really classed this up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the putting Austin on the symbol, that was a, it was a controversial moment I think in the history of Raw at that point in time. I think it was fair to say I mean it, I think it's one of the first times I ever saw a look of fear. On Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Probably because like, I don't want to get dropped from this thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, he's a real person. Yeah. It was just, it was that kind of great image of the Undertaker. It was a good way to end that actual raw, looking back on it, to have that Undertaker just underneath him. Because that's the one that you saved Stephanie, isn't it? Because Stephanie was. No, no, no. Because no, I always get this mixed up. That was very it? early on. That yeah. was before. Stephanie was quite late on in the ministry aspect yeah. of it. Uh, but it's the Undertaker took time away. And then things got even weirder, as I kind of said, with the whole. Abducting him. I mean, does anybody remember how the abduction of Dennis Knight, as it was at that point, kind of went down? The acolytes took him. The <laughs> acolytes took him, and see, on the night that he became Midian, they showed all these uh, succession of videos where it's essentially Dennis Knight was hanging from the ceiling in like, chains in this whole sort of like graveyard type room. And then the acolytes come in and take him, and then all you see is him getting thrown into this like room in this sort of crypt that's got this big flashing light. <laughs> It is literally the scariest thing you'll ever see, see now, in your life. The only thing I can remember is when it went to like potential self harm level of like take her with a dagger. That was the same night. I was yeah. later on the night when Midian, well, Dennis Knight was on the kind of, it was just like getting inscribed into getting inscribed into oh. Undertaker's symbol put into that. That was one of the first times I ever remember watching a wrestling angle and feeling physically sick. Yeah, <laughs> did, did a lot. Not a lot of these like Midian like things happen on the same episode that uh, McFoley won the title. Yeah. Oh, but it was either that one or the episode after. I can't really remember exactly. Oh, what a very versatile episode of Raw. That's why they always focus so much on that title, and you know, so no. all the people switch over to see McFoley to see a guy Undertaker <laughs> cutting his wrist. Uh, the Mabel one was uh, was a bit more normal. As a normal as an abduction did, did, as you can get. Did he get on to drink his bloods? Really I just remember yeah, that was that was Dennis Knight. Was Dennis, Knight yeah. Yeah, Dennis Knight was the one, and the Mabel one. Was my blood. He just kind of got beat up, and then Throwing chucked in the back of a horse. And then Austin comes in the ambulance and then saves the Royal Rumble. Uh, one thing I mentioned there is that I mentioned those stable members. Uh, we had, uh, as I said, Dennis Knight as, as Midian, Mabel Viscera, and the Brute and the Acolytes. <laughs> The first aspect of rebooking, would we have had these people in the stable at that point in time? Or is there anybody who was about there with the BWF at that point in time would have rather seen in the ministry? I can't remember if he was still in it at that point, if he was still cutting about. But I would have liked to see Big Boss Man in there. Oh yeah, he would have been... He was in the corporation at that point yeah. in time. So he was kind of... We'll talk about him a bit, we'll talk about him a bit more later on. Yeah. <laughs> see, this is a fun right? This is where my weird booking comes in. See, of all the people that were in the ministry at that time, mm-hmm. to me, the only people that didn't make sense was the Alkalites. Yeah, I, I feel like they were, because they were the muscle. Yeah, they were kind of the enforcers of the work. They were kind of The thing is, they were, um, 
in a tag team before this happened and they were managed by Don Callis <laughs> at that point in time who yeah the jackal the jackal yes. so their kind of gimmick at that point in time was quite fitting for it yeah. uh, the brood made so much sense yeah that would have been my starting that yeah. would have been my starting group the brood but I said if it was a few years ago I can imagine like Mankind and Kane being in it as well because obviously yeah. they're quite dark characters but obviously the the rivalries between Undertaker and Kane but I think it, it does fit it's weirdly, it's weirdly fitting, even though it's like they're all a bit weird. I don't know, it just yeah. made sense. Midian seems to be the most random out of all of them. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, he still was, made sense. He was just randomly. Dennis Knight was just randomly hanging about Sunday Night Heat one night, and then the accolades just took him. You know, Undertaker, like, who know who I need to bring about darkness to the WWF? That guy who used to dress up as a farmer. <laughs> I remember when the mystery happened. My cousin was saying, like, "Oh, this guy who bring an eyeball to the ring." I was like, "Wow, that's mental." Who is this interesting character? It's like Midian. It was a great one. The great one in the episode where he becomes Midian, where he just randomly like comes out and starts shouting at the announcers yeah. about talking to get away from them. I was like, "Is he?" And then obviously, and then uh, to be fair, he does look like Undertaker's uncle. You know, he's got the same hair and stuff. Well, <laughs> I, think, I think the only reason he was in it is like you talk about that backstage like crew that Undertaker was a part of. Oh, the BKS. I, and I think the Godwins were a part of that, so I think the only reason he was in it is he and Taker are pals, and he has nothing else to do. I wonder how Vince was in it after you know he dropped his knee on his face. True. Oh, Vince Rowe didn't one there, but he was—he should have been the second in command yeah. of the thing. Scott, would you have put anybody else in the ministry? Not that I can think of, like with the exception of, like I said, Midian, who's been so random given his previous guy before this. Mm-hmm. Like everybody else seems to fit. Like, like this may be a bit of a stretch, but I think the headbangers maybe because they already wore like weird paint on their face. Now they were maybe like metalheads. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't. You couldn't really see them having the same intimidating presence as the no. Acolytes, so no. I think, to be fair, Ac- Acolytes just screamed, we are here yeah. too. Well, they wouldn't be any worse than Midian, though. Oh, Midian had a decent run at this point in time, a yeah. Europe- former European champion. And as we discussed on last week's episode, he found it in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's worse than when Hacksaw Jim Dunn found the WCW TV title in the garbage. That's true, that's true. But um, this w- uh, there was a great sign of how... C- this was only the precursor to how creepy things were going to become mm. um, we'll go into the main stretch of the ministry era here which was between kind of between that point where we got Midian the Royal Rumble when it was kind of Viscera became Viscera and we'll go to for like the three months after that towards maybe about backlash time essentially this is this point that the ministry decided they were going to target Vince McMahon and their goal was to run the company so we then got so much creepy stuff which we'll go into in a wee bit with him essentially torturing Vince McMahon to such a, such a high degree and what we then resulted from that one was a forgettable match at Wrestlemania with the Big Boss Man <laughs> uh, then a, a match with Ken, Ken Shamrock a forgettable match with <laughs> Ken Shamrock then a match with Ken Shamrock at uh, Backlash that year but first we'll talk about the, what I mentioned there about the motives of the ministry and they'll start with yeah. you on this one uh, what was your thoughts on the reason behind why the ministry by the ministry, the motive size and taking out Vince McMahon. Alright, well, I, I'm not too sure because I remember coming into like WWE, WWF at the time when it was King of the Ring, so it was coming to the end, but it was, I wasn't too sure, but I know that, I don't know, because they were trying to take over, weren't they? They were trying to take over the company. Yeah. And, uh, and there was like Vince, like, this is like Russell writing, and he's like, Mark, you're taking this, this gimmick way too far, kind of, like having a go at him. That was a weird yeah. thing that we never <laughs> actually seen at that point in time, was the acknowledgement of Kayfab yeah. like, on air using Undertaker's real name, which, yeah. was, which was something. Uh, Chris, did you think that a dark, satanic stable 
trying to run a company was quite fitting, or do you think that they should have been doing something else? Uh, well, it was it was something. Um, <laughs> it, it was you something. Work there carefully. Yeah, it, it, it was something. I, I think it was more a kind of to try and kind of provide a shock factor to boost the ratings yeah. a wee bit. Um, but saying that, I'm not. I'm not too sure. Nobody knows what creative's going on about these days. <laughs> and I think stemming back then, it's just the same. Yeah, it's, it, people talk nowadays like, oh, the attitude era was great. I mean, creative knew what they were talking about, and we had some backwards booking even then. Just saying, like, because I know it was like a long period, but they were really lost in the shuffle. Like, because you've obviously got DX and you've got Austin. Obviously, there's uh, the I was about to say, mystery, obviously the corporation, and I just felt like there was this weird group that were just lost in the shuffle that should have been bigger than what they were. Like one of the weirdest things about it is the ministry's like motivations for going after Vince in the first place makes sense. The fact that it's them going against the corporation who are also a heel stable, so it's a big group of heels for another big group of heels, and like you don't know who to cheer for. The biggest example is Undertaker v Bossman and Mania, like nobody knows really who to cheer for. We'll talk about that in a bit more detail in a, in, in a yeah. wee bit, but uh, Quacky, did you think their motivations were on point, or would you rather them have some other target? It makes sense in a way though. I mean, if you're going to have a super group of the biggest, baddest villains going. Why would they want to take over the company? Exactly. Because um, they could have had them against DX. I was going to say that as well. DX probably would have made sense, but D- even DX will start to get lost in the shuffle yeah, a wee bit this yeah. time of time. But, um, so we're kind of on the agreement that the, the motives were pretty much spot on for what they should have been. Now, the actions that they did to get these motives across, I mean, this is where we could do a wee bit of dodgy fantasy booking here. Um, we some, of the action, some, <laughs> some of the things that they did to torture Vince was the teddy bear. <laughs> now, this is symbolic. <laughs> right. Going back going back to like I had to go back today and watch that, that segment because it I just always remember it just being like, oh my god, that's her teddy bear. <laughs> but looking back at it, it's a good way to set it up because it, it kind of for the older viewers it tugs on the heartstrings like, oh my god, they're actually doing this to torment them. But as a kid you're watching it going, No <laughs> <laughs> One of the issues is here, like, you're making Vince sympathetic by targeting him and his family. Yeah. Like you said, Dean, but the big problem is, like, the thing with Vince at that time is he was properly still in his midst of his feud with Austin leading in to WrestleMania 15. So he was still a bad guy, but then you're also making him, in one storyline, hate Vince because he's trying to keep Austin for the belt, but also love him because his daughter's teddy bear's on fire. Like, it made, made, didn't make much sense. Yeah, Stephanie was a key component of this angle. Again, we'll talk about that in a wee bit. But um, there was a couple of other ones where the, the the ministry showed up at Vince's house. Yeah, there was a yeah. cross on fire. Yeah, the big burning cross. The, the, the take our symbol on the fire. Andy, would you have booked a more uh, intelligent police officer who went into that house? <laughs> I, I uh, probably haven't actually seen it. I just remember the image of him, but I've not actually seen the segment. So what does what actually happens? It's essentially they, just, they show up at his house <laughs> and then they phone the police and this police officer just walks around the big man house like, not here. <laughs> like he looks in the window going, oh, no, one's he, no one's here. Nothing here, just a big burning cross in the ground. normal in Stanford. My favourite one actually is, is, is they, when Vince and Stephanie are in like some like WWF studio doing an, doing an, like an, an interview thing <laughs> and somebody comes to Vince, somebody's here and he goes out and then just beats the living hell out of Mickey. He's <laughs> 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 outside just like creeping about and then jumps in the car and runs away. Uh, this is where we were going to get a wee bit of fantasy book. I mean, if you were creative, how would you? what other things would you have thought of to torture the McMahons from the ministry. 
Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Teddy Bear one's quite good because they didn't reveal it was Stephanie's, did they? At that point, it was like they did reveal. Yeah. Like, what is this? It did yeah. seem a bit random when you first watch it. It's like, why is Vince going to get so much of this bear? Especially there's been an Inferno match and uh, Kane's foot's on fire and it's like, oh, is the bear's on fire? Is this symbolic? It's like, there's a man burning over there. Yeah. Anybody got some oh, any, sorry, yeah, any examples on this one? <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be fair, if it was me, I would have just taken it like proper dark. Like, yeah, like just, I, I don't know, like, they could have done so much with it because Undertaker and the Ministry are meant to be this really dark set of characters mm-hmm. and all they've got them doing is like burning a teddy bear kidnapping people which we'll probably speak about later <laughs> and setting a symbol on fire in Vince's lawn I mean <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> right. it's like one day Stace Stables one of these ideas where you go all in on it or you just don't do it yeah all. yeah pretty much yeah yeah I would have I would have had things like you know Viscera jumping on uh, Ken Shamrock's ankle like 20 times just until it was absolutely shattered. And then, you sick, sick man. Like, how do you like having your ankle broken? And then Shamrock left, uh, limping about. Um, to have like more gimmick matches involving Buddy. Just, just ask a warrior to drive over your foot next time. Like, it could have buried, it could have buried uh, Stephanie uh, alive or something like that. Or, well, it, uh, wow. Have them paint weird symbols over uh, Ernie's house. Uh, I mean, with with the feud, this feud was obviously going on in the WrestleMania season, so we thought we're going to get a great match in there, and we got uh, take a boss man in the cell. At least we never got a teddy, a flaming teddy bear on a te- a flaming teddy bear on a pole match. I would have rather seen Undertaker team with a flaming teddy bear than take on some sort of like team from the corporation. I don't, that would have been actually great. Undertaker, the flaming teddy bear, and I don't know Midian against the Mean Street Posse. Okay, you wanted weird booking. How about a ladder match, but at the top is the teddy bear? And then there's something in the back. The like, symbolic ladder match. Some, there's something in the back raising the teddy bear. I don't know, I mean, you, you kind of look at it back, you think the boss man's the best potential option in the corporation, but because yeah. the rock was feeding away Austin, but what, what else could we have done with a good thing? Ted was putting a random tag match earlier in the night. Like, Tess is a big guy, he can... So that Kane in there. Yeah, because Kane was fighting Triple H yeah, randomly. Yeah, a rubbish match. In a match that was kind of just done. I mean, I don't... I think this is why... Has Mankind in there again? <laughs> this is why you have, like we said earlier, if you had them feud with DX for a bit, like maybe just for a month before that, give them a few dominant wins, and then start the feud with Vince to get him towards Mania. I mean, because yeah. when you're doing, like I said, two feuds with Vince and that involved the course, you're going after the title. And this feud, it just everything gets jumbled up. So it's hard for him to try and make McMahon sympathetic the same night he's trying to bloody have Austin lose the title and well not win the title and stuff like WrestleMania. And it's just ridiculous. It's just to show how over Austin was that everybody's celebrating happy he won the title, forgetting it less than an hour before we've seen a man possibly die getting hung from a cell. Yeah. See, it, it's a bit strange the booking of it because it's as if. Vince is trying to do too much. Yeah, like he's trying to be the good guy, good guy, and the bad guy, and it's like have one creative directive and just go with it. Like, because mm-hmm. uh, after Mania they go and they can a bit properly somebody for at least a month or so. So like I said, if you start it more just after Mania, then it makes more sense. Yeah. But having just juggling too many things at the once. Yeah, it was it's like overproduction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it was far, t- it was far too much because you had to get a boss man who was a really, really heavy heel. Mm-hmm. And he was meant to be the guy who was trying to 
fight for the company, yeah. which was weird. And then at least they didn't make him fight for the company after he'd murdered someone's dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but well, then they had him hanging from a cell yes. for a good five minutes. Yeah, and minutes. it just cuts to a little match. <laughs> it's like, it just kind of cuts to a vignette. It's like mm-hmm. so. Boss man is Chris. You mentioned about going dark. Is this too dark? No, like I, I, I think for the time with what they were wanting to do, it fits perfectly. But then again, they need to kind of round it off with either the shot of him getting taken to taken to hospital or whatever, because yeah, they, they they just leave it blank as if like did he die? I think it was like the match was also crap as well. Yeah, so it was it's a really like, bad match. Not need to sell. The cell the cell was for the. The, the spot that was the only yeah, reason they had the only cell. reason it's the same reason we had a Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania 32 just so Shane could jump yeah <laughs> I mean, there's a difference we talked about having Andre talking about sacrifice there's a difference between sacrifice and just straight up murdering somebody and then yeah, he shows up on Raw a few weeks later just with a bit of a sore neck like you just got hung what made like, it even worse which we talked about later on is the boss man was in the corporate ministry you know that, it's like I'm obeying this man and nearly killed me uh, I thought we'd do the same guy nearly kill him I'll move on that was, all, that was almost a month ago I've moved on since then what kind of brainwashing creative bullshit is this you said that the Undertaker has a saviour <laughs> it got weird it got weird again in the month afterwards Um the main part of it which we'll talk about is involving Stephanie this was the whole thing it was it was Taker's hunt for Stephanie oh, uh, when we, Stephanie was sympathetic we got she was, she was Shamrock found her in a boiler room uh, there was the kidnapping of Ryan Shamrock in <laughs> <laughs> um, a very forgettable angle like Ryan Shamrock in general uh, there was the whipping of Christian oh yeah oh yeah because uh, he he gave away her Stephanie I'll be fair it was either that or how Ken Shamrock the mad Psycho that he is, the most dangerous man yes. in the world. Remember, yes, yes but <laughs> break his ankle. Then he got whipped in the backstage area. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to send the face button. That did start a really cool like mini feud between certain members of the ministry v the brood when the brood split, split away. See, the, that. that that made sense a wee bit. It made yeah. more sense than how the brood came about when the brood were getting attacked by the ministry and then they got told the referees to go away. Do you know how Christian got whipped? Do you think that's why he brought it up in that WrestleMania 21 advert about uh, cinematic history? Potentially. Do you know, remember that? Like, basic instincts? So yeah, potentially. Like, it's a bit obscure reference. So. Right, but, like I say, like, like, while the brood made sense, I think it was clear by the, only a few months later by the time they did the whole angle where they split away that them as, a, as characters were almost like too big for the ministry. They could easily do like on their own. Didn't need the ministry. And then they no. kind of ruined them by making them speak. Yeah, probably yeah, better <laughs> not doing that. Uh, then we got to Backlash, and this is the probably the most memorable angle I think of this particular segment of the show. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin successfully defends the WWF title against The Rock. We see that image of Vince on the aisleway. Yeah, gives Austin the title. Gives Austin the title. It's like it's pure sympathetic Vince. The whole thing with him and Austin seemingly over. We cut to backstage and Stephanie getting into a limousine and. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> the scariest image of my own. Most people's childhood where the Undertaker is revealed to me. I'm not going to lie. Undertaker, you take me home. If I go into a taxi or or whatever, I'll be giving that guy one star if it was on the table like that. Yes. Where to, Quacko? <laughs> Never mind, I'm getting off here, yeah. Uh, and then the next night we got the unholy wedding between oh. Stephanie and the Undertaker. Guys, how would we have booked the, this whole Not thing? at all. <laughs> dark enough. That was dark enough, you yeah. know. Um, Bury her alive, Madge. <laughs> Even that is a bit better. <laughs> I, 
I would, I would have them. Yeah. I would have them you, you know you're doomed if you're going to bury the life. What was, was Undertaker thinking? Oh, if I'm Mario, then that means I won the company half of it. And then Triple H was like, I've got an idea for. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, not the, the best part is, is right before Austin comes out. Uh, just after Paul Bear does you mean a kiss your right just hear JR so angry and off oh, for God's sake JR <laughs> has some great lines during yeah. this angle at all didn't do anything about it just I know just sat there <laughs> one, one thing I would have done if I was rebooking it I would have booked a lot more heroic baby faces yeah it's like they have like big, like, the big show and Shamrock try to come in and they just get their asses kicked it's like well nobody's safe there's no there's, like, there's a full backstage yeah. you know? well you got Visser out there nobody messes with Visser well, big show tried to you know, and he failed you know, I, some, uh, Charlie Haas tried to steal his women at one point. <laughs> <laughs> How did that go for Charlie Haas? Not very well. You don't mess with the world's largest love machine. Oh, God. Uh, oh Would yeah. we have had this actually do? Would we have had them actually do something with this, as opposed to it just being one night Austin saves up? That's it. But we've had something actually happen. What do you mean? No, no, you, what do you mean you actually want her to actually marry the Undertaker? You could have had it where she <laughs> was she was captured for a few weeks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because it kind of ended yeah. like yeah. sick, sick man. Yeah. I bet you had that best man speech prepared and everything. <laughs> sick man. Yes, I what ninety nine? But you were Undertaker's best man when you were about what <laughs> well, six? I was six. I was like the, the page boy. And a, in a strange turn of events, just to be really weird creatively, I would have loved to see like them do. A corporation where it's like they bring in like Steve Austin, Bubba Ray, and Devon Dudley, and make like their own A team. <laughs> I just have them try and find Steph. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like, uh, like the uh, union. It's oh, pretty much <laughs> talking about with two by four. Oh, can, we, can we talk about <laughs> the pretty union? Much. Yeah, second. we'll talk about union a wee bit actually uh, in, the, in the next segment. But WWE creative, if you're listening, that's 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 a resume yeah, right there. I do like the idea what you said, like the idea of making more a thing about the hunt for to find Stephanie and all that. But like, I don't wouldn't go through with the full win. Have them be about to put her on like the th- the cross, yeah. and then that's when Austin comes. They don't. Have her just sitting there for a full could, like ten minutes with Paul Bear reading. It technically doesn't book. object. It's I, like it's like at the yeah. very end of the wedding. It's like so she's technically still mad. See, you could have had it where uh yeah, it's like if there was a few weeks where she was captured and then Vince goes to Austin and he's like, I need your help and he's like, Well no, after all why should I help you with all this stuff? Have a bit of character development and as opposed to him just like begging Austin one night, like, No, I don't like you. It's like yeah. Austin's like the heroic last man and yeah, the last yeah, defense. Yeah. It would be better if it went on a bit longer than that. Yeah, they're finishers for everyone except you, Austin. Well, you say but you say that about like the whole making more of a thing of it, but they make a point on commentary. I think it's Jim Cornette. Some commentary say like he didn't do it for Vince. He did it because it was the right thing to do. Yeah, but I remember. But yeah, we didn't yeah. have a lot of people like that backstage, you yeah. know. But it's a it's a very well, yeah, big show. But again, he failed. I know because he get hit with a. <laughs> what do you get hit with? What do you get hit with again? You take a lap so come on attitude quiz winner you should know I don't know <laughs> um, so the unholy wedding didn't go very well uh, but for and, a good reason yes absolutely <laughs> but in the, the the month or so after that we got which was kind of logical but again it was like panicky booking when Vince was kicked out of the corporation by Sunshine along with the Stooges who well or useless anyway and then Shane took control of the corporation and then this turned out that he was merging them with the ministry to form the corporate ministry and that Shane was behind the kidnapping all along um, Chris, I'll, Chris I'll go to you on this one um, are they run out of ideas for the angle at this point? yes <laughs> quite, just quite simply yes um, it just makes you think what's the point in doing it 
what's the point in having these two if you're just going to merge them and then have Shane take the credit for it when it then transpires that something else happens, mm-hmm. which we will go into. Mm-hmm. But it just makes you think you must be scraping the barrel for ideas mm-hmm. on how to take this further. But before I talk about like the court ministry, you think which de- wedding in '99 you think Stephanie preferred the long with Triple H or the one here? <laughs> I mean, once she was on, when depends me, at what point. I mean, she, at least she was conscious for this one. Yeah, but uh, I think like people talk about all the idea of long-term storytelling back in the edge like, but this angle when you really watch it does feel like they are booking week to week, and the idea of just saying the words out loud, corporate ministry, like having a ministry that's also corporate, like. It's a double negative. It's it's an oxymoron, basically. We've got that nice... Corporate socialists. I know. (laughs) We've got that nice mesh-up of the two theme tunes, which actually worked quite well. Mm. Okay, (laughs) nice. uh, Stephen, uh, Staple is much more than theme music. Clearly, because the posse ends up in this. Aye. We talked about this. We talked about how random... (laughs) This is so random. Each week, we had, like, almost every week, had Shane and, and Taker coming out cutting like 20 minute promos kind of like how they've done in recent years which people can still complain about like coming out talking about oh Undertaker will take on The Rock Triple H will take on Stone Cold and then the opposite way around the next week and all the while you have like the Viscera and the Mean Street Posse hanging about in the background what I think was quite weird about the, the ministry and the, when then the corporate ministry they were meant to be this evil satanic group and then they, just, they, they would just appear like in the building in the back door just like all walking in as a group there's, there's just too many of them and yeah, it was like NWO, but, but gothic. <laughs> yeah, it almost yeah. got to a point where I was just expecting them to come in with like complete darkness and dry ice everywhere, just like ha ha. You know what the funniest thing is about this? I watched one thing. I think it's from a Heat, and it's all of them walking through the backstage area, and you just see everybody's using like their normal like gear and that. And Taker comes in with his big like long cloak with a hood up, looking like Darth Sidious. Just, Walking through the backstage, casually as you like, talking to the acolytes. Yeah. Taker always looked really angry at this. Like, yeah. Any decision that was made by Probably didn't by like she, the book, and that was by, by Shane. Shane. No, I, I get this point. I get this point. He thought it was going nowhere. Yeah. Uh, this is why we got three years of biker take after us to appease him. Uh, an interesting. We talked. That I, I mentioned there. Shane became Shane was a kid, essentially now the leader, mm-hmm. which kind of ruins the whole. Like you know what happened the previous four months. Uh, I'm going to throw this out as a bit of fan spooking here, guys. See if they'd announced at this point that Shane was the higher power. Mm-hmm. Would you have been happy? Well, they did try and tease it in the weeks leading up to tried the to tease, reveal. Uh, tried to tease it, but if, they just, if Shane had just came out, I, I, I told Taker to abduct Stephanie. I'm the guy who's been controlling it. It would have, it would have made sense, and I don't think it would have been like... I think because it... Like, Beyond this point, it, got, it gets really built up. Whereas if there was not much, there was not much build up, so it would have been like, oh, it makes sense, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, with some, as Andy said, some actual build up, then you could have made sense because you could have had the idea of, like, the idea of Stephanie being the favourite of the two. That's why he had Taker kidnap her, and he's the son. He wants control of the company and yeah. all that. And he's just like Vince took it from his father. He's going to take it from his father yeah. at any cost. So you could have made some sense of it. But the question is, would we be talking about it like we are now so long ago? Yes, we'd be calling it the best angle in the world. It would have been a nice way to round it off if they hadn't anything else planned. Like, if they didn't have everything else that went on planned. It would have been a nice way just to round it all off. Because it's like, oh, it was Shane. Ah, cool. Let's see the fallout. Cool, that's fine. Move on, you know. Here comes the higher power. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) 
<laughs> Lord of Darkness. <laughs> Here comes the power. Power, power, just, power, just, power, just, power, just power, all in, power, just all in, power. just all in black with like black eyes out doing his V dance. <laughs> it would have made that uh, match between Taker and uh, Shane McMahon at WrestleMania like, more like, interesting. Like, with the backstory. <laughs> this is the type of booking that we need yeah. to be seeing here. Long-term story planning. Like, so exactly. Many- because then he would could have said. Remember when he said that you're just Vince McMahon's bitch? He could have said, don't forget, you were my bitch before. Yeah, he was technically yeah. for a good bit. See, this yeah. is why we should be creative. This is why Vince should be listening to this show. There are two, there are two <laughs> jobs going, that. by the way. Another. That involves yeah. relocation. Yeah, that, that, that's the downside. And, uh, I once applied for a creative job just for the laugh, fun of it. Still <laughs> heard back from them. Sidetrack, funny story. I applied for a job with WWE about two months ago. No, still not heard anything back. Yeah. It was for a social media guy, but you do it at home. So it's like they send you clips and then you ed- edit them and then send them off. You you run Vincent Man's Twitter and make people think he knows what technology is. I wish. Uh, um, <laughs> I remember at this point as well, the, the corporate ministry had another wee feud. They were feuding with Austin and The Rock, but they also feuded with a stable we talked about on the Union, oh, who God. formed at this point in time as a rebellious group who didn't want to be part of the... No. Corporate ministry. No. What equal pay and right to left, <laughs> And their secret leader, Jesse Ventura. No wait. <laughs> but no, you're not giving their full name, Stephen. It's the union of people you ought to respect, son. <laughs> or otherwise known as up yours. <laughs> Vince Russo, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he, he's very carry with that subliminal advertising that man, isn't he? Should, um, I'm still convinced Vince Russo has not, not reached puberty and he's in his 50s. That's the, way he, that's the reason for all these things. Sure. Do you See, still think he has boopless on his calculator? <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, in theory, this, uh, this stable was Test, Big Show, Shamrock and Mankind. Should Boss Man have been in this as well? Yeah, I think so. I think after what happened to him with The Undertaker, yes. <laughs> it's hard to make him a, a sympathetic character with that gimmick, you know, the Big Boss Man's, like, I mean, 99 you, I mean, gimmick. if Mankind had went back to, like, Mankind in 96, he could have been quite fitting in it, just this creepy guy walking about. And yeah. yeah. Talked well, about it on. With Boss Man's gimmick of being an enforcer, with the way he's dressed all the time, yeah, why not? Yeah. Sorry, I just thought something. I know, I know he left or anything because he was he wasn't being booked properly. But if, if you didn't want Fisher to like the big guy in the group, you could have kept like Vader around to be part of the manager because he and Paul Bear he was managed by Paul Bear at one point, mm-hmm. so he had that connection. Plus, it looks weird to say then. Yeah, red mask. It's basically not a mask though. Yeah, you can see uh, his entire that face. Alan McLucas fault was from the red light district. Like guy. <laughs> <laughs> a great line. Great line from the last week's attitude a quiz, which you can hear on our back catalogue. It's suplexretweet.com. Let us know your score. <laughs> it's just like like I said, this the stable could have worked if again like No, most, it was destined to fail from the start. Like most, 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 As you said, corporate. No, I'm talking about the union. Oh, sorry, I thought we were talking about. Now the union, well, the union was terrible as well. Well, yeah, well, terrible. well, like they were thrown together, like most groups in the Just don't give them the name the union because that doesn't make any sense. Don't give them two by fours, which they never used. How, how long did that stay last? Like four weeks or something. Four weeks or something. Yeah, they, they, like, they had a match at uh, over the, the edge. They debuted a few four over the edge, and they're gone by King of the Ring. Yeah, because yeah. you know we'll talk about that later on. How everything was thrown in up and. Sounds a bit like right to censor. <laughs> just just throw, right. thrown together. And <laughs> yeah, but right to censor kind, right, right, right kind of worked. This one, we, yeah. yeah. We, can we talk about the talk about the entrance theme. Talk about the union's entrance theme. Let's give them a generic theme. But how will people know they're a union? Let's have a whistle end and just someone shout the words "union." <laughs> that will get it over the name of this group. <laughs> just just have it as like a kind of picket rally and just play that over and over again. What do we want? 
When do we want it? What do we? That's what that's two by fours look like. Just for, looks like they forgot to put the signs at the exactly. end. Exactly. <laughs> Make them look even more incompetent. What do we want to save Stephanie three weeks late? When do we want to? <laughs> Three weeks, three weeks ago. <laughs> when do we want to be on television? <laughs> when do we want it? On heat. <laughs> well, oh, oh, oh. To, be on heat. to be fair, three of them were quite prominent characters on their own right. Then there was Test. Yeah. They, they were the star power. Well, to be fair, I believe it's the fallout of this angle that leads to his relationship with Stephanie, is it not? It does indeed. And that's something we might be talking about in the second half of the show, but we're going to take a short break. But before that, uh, well, after the break, sorry, we are going to be talking about the main reason we're here today. We're going to talk about the reveal itself, the reveal of the higher power. We're going to talk about some of the our choices who we thought could have been the higher power, some of the rumoured ones, and just how the angle went down altogether, and the aftermath of it, and how this angle places itself in wrestling history. But that's after the break, but here is a wee short clip of the actual highlights of the reveal of the higher power itself. And we'll talk about it in a bit. We'll see you soon. Hi there, it's Sammy Joe, and you're listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Undertaker, for what you did to my daughter Stephanie, for the hell you put my wife Linda through, you turned Shane into some sort of monster. I may not get very much of you, but tonight I'm going to get me some. You see, Vince, if you do not defeat The Undertaker, then Austin will never get a shot at the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Austin knows that his fate rests in the hands of Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon at the low blow. Referee knocked down by The Undertaker. Referee just called for the bell. The Undertaker disqualified. Vince McMahon has won this thing. Stone Cold and The Undertaker now will meet tonight for the WWE title. The Undertaker said that he was going to serve up Austin tonight for the greater power, the rattlesnake. Really taking a pounding here from the evil phenom, the Undertaker. Austin can barely stand, but the rattlesnake will never, ever quit as long as he's breathing. Uh-oh, look at this. Could the end be near for Stone Cold Steve Austin? The greater power just revealed himself to Austin. The rattlesnake looks like he's—he's he's just seen a ghost. Who is it? I don't think it's Shane McMahon. Who is it? Who the hell's the greater power? It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a! What? It was me all along, Austin. You all bought hook, line, and sinker. Even my family, even my immediate family bought it. What is you know? Mr. McMahon. feel safe is when I'm with when I'm with my dad. I care about Stephanie. I care about her safety, of course, and her welfare. Every damn one of you were made fools of. The only place I really feel safe is when I'm with when I'm with my dad. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Oh, you're here with the Fight Network, Blue Cow Shark Krieger. You're listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. Welcome back to Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. I'm Stephen Wilson. I'm joined by Chris Scott. Andy and Kwaku and we are rebooking the higher power angle before we get on to the main part of the discussion which is the reveal itself I'd first like to once again thank Sammy Joe for being the voice of this week's show you can catch her interview with Sarah on all our podcasting sites so that's Apple, Spotify and all good Android podcasting sites and I would also like to thank the Fight Network, Luking Sharp and Krieger, who are also the voices of this week's show. You can catch our interview with them this coming Monday, done by our own Scott McLeod. Oh, I can't wait for you people to hear it. It's <laughs> the most ever, it's just the worst, listen to two tag team people just bury each other for a whole hour. Just slay each other to the hinge end. So, some really hard-hitting questions asked. I hope remember me saying that when you listen to it, you'll get why that's funny. Yes. Uh, but I mean, Luke King Sharp and Paul Robinson. Uh, next ICW show is going to be crazy. Oh, yeah. I look forward to that the day before the interview comes out. Right, let's go on to the main part of the discussion, and it's what we're all here for. We're on to June 7th, 1999. Not quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> He's got itching at the edge of the so, <laughs> After so many weeks of reviews, or so many weeks of teases, we're getting the night where the higher power is set to be revealed. The corporate ministry come out at the start of the night with the man in the mysterious robe who's going to be the higher power. We get the teases, who's it going to be? Some people think it's going to be Shane. Shane starts speaking on the microphone, but he walks down the ramp. He then calls out his dad, who appears in the Titantron, and then says he wants to see who the higher power is. And then... It's me, Austin! Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> it was me all along! Yes, it's the reveal of Vince McMahon Who as the higher the- power Who and is- the line that made wrestling history. Who's not in the studio, by the way. <laughs> so yeah, you, yeah. you can't have not have that without the awesome of a bitch, yeah, JR. It is a great moment for all the right and wrong reasons in wrestling. <laughs> JR, but it doesn't sound like he's angry that it's Vince. He's angry, like, it feels like he didn't know that Vince was going to be revealed. He's just like, oh, like he's showing his exasperation at this angle, like, oh, this is where we're going now. Like, oh, it, it's like shocking, but like I said, it's kind of like, oh my god, didn't believe it, but oh my god, yeah, it's so stupid. So before we go on to rebooking this reveal, uh, what was your, what's the thoughts on Vince? Obviously we were a bit less in the know at that point in time, but was Vince still a shocker? Scott? It's one of those situations where, yes, it was unpredictable, but this is one of those occasions where unpredictable doesn't necessarily mean it was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris, in the first half we talked about a lot of the weird booking decisions which we, yeah. we lo- it was loved back then, but you think now it's like maybe we won that, but this is the one everybody thinks is what? Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> um, it's, I just don't understand it, really. <laughs> it's like one step forward, two steps back. I, yeah, there's so many better ways to book that. So many better ways. I, I still think, right, I may be the odd way here. I think it's so wrong and so bad, but it's so brilliant. Yeah. What? The man, the man sacrificed his daughter. <laughs> exactly my point. And that just lets you into the mind of Mr. McMahon. I know. I mean, yeah, it's funny, but <laughs> evil genius. Well, you want to look at the angle as a whole. That's when you realise it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's 
Again, it may be so bad, but it's so good. Yeah, it's like, right, so how am I going to... I'm going to burn the random teddy, I'm going to have them invade my house, I'm going to have them sacrifice my daughter, and better yet, I've done it to annoy my greatest rival, who was not involved in the angle until the month before. Well, you, you, you never know. Maybe because... See when he put the, the effigy in his garden? Maybe he just thought he had to do a bit of landscaping. It was just, <laughs> a, just a cheap way. <laughs> Um, what I want to know is how long before this was Vince going to be the higher power or I, the higher power is, is take her one step because I do not think like in January when they started this they did not plan it to be Vince I think they thought this like two weeks or so before well I'm going to go through we're going to talk about some of the actual rumoured names that were going about and then we're going to do come up with just some names to ourselves so the first one that was heavily rumoured was we talked about in the first half it, Don Callis i.e. the Jackal yeah What's the thoughts? Would that made sense? And given what his character was and all that, I don't think he was as well known enough at that point for it really to have much of an impact. But at the same time, it could have been someone that is not well known, and then suddenly there's your pick. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, but just yeah. think about the reaction to like people yeah. like, uh, who's he again? Out of the, uh, when the stig was revealed and more people did not know who the guy was than yeah. he was when he was a thing. The two, the two big ones who would have been, who would have been quite well known that were rumoured were uh, Ted DiBiase yeah, and Jake the, and Jake the Snake. Apparently these were these were never options, but they were very heavily rumoured. Uh, Andy, would you have buyed one of these two as a higher? Well, yeah, well, if we're talking about booking uh, one of these two or in my sort of booking things, I won't go too much into detail. Mm-hmm. But I think they're both great choices. They both have obviously history with The Undertaker as well as Austin well, did, Jake, did Jake have history with Austin? Yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were a team and then they feuded and then yeah. Taker beat him at WrestleMania what was Jake's last match so, that's so it was kind of you know it was there you know they had the history you know these guys are legends in their own right fair enough like Jake the Snake's going through personal problems and uh, like Ted DiBiase at this point is like a born again Christian so it kind of could, you, could yeah. you have imagined if Ted DiBiase was revealed as the higher power the hood that, comes up that was the same year as the infamous, uh, was it the uh, Blackjack promo that he'd done at? I can't oh, remember the He was a wrestling, the when I played 21. Yeah, yeah, he's, like, he's, he's just slurring his words and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, you cannot have this man out there. Yeah, I think this was. <laughs> Look, that, that's why it's such a shame because both these names that you mentioned make a lot of sense. But the Jake one, I think, would have been the coolest one. And it's a shame that he was going through these issues that time. And he didn't have at that point someone like a DDP. Uh, to help him through it because he was in WCW at the time so could you imagine like Undertaker and he's wee thrown in uh, or we share that he used to send backstage and uh, Jake on one with a big python or a snake wrapped around him giving these demonic promos does anybody remember the promos that Jake the Snake did with Ultimate Warrior where right, he buried him yeah see that kind of scene that they set that in yeah. that, that kind of reminded me of the same thing that they had with the, the Dennis Knight King thing if you look back yeah, yeah. Them, it's very very similar um, the other name which was very left field which was apparently the one that was the heavy, most heaviest rumoured uh, was Christopher Daniels yeah um, oh, Bruce Pritchard said that on his podcast yeah, Bruce, 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 uh, Christopher Daniels was in WWE development at that point in time and he his fallen angel gimmick which he was developing at that point is very much in that type of religious then he could have been the angel of darkness or something mm, you know it could have worked the fallen angel type of this was the one that was heavily rumoured uh, Chris what would you have thought if it was maybe it was an unknown but if he's with Christopher Daniels gimmick yeah I mean it's, there's your push just like you said earlier there's your push mm-hmm. that's it would have made sense if they were wanting to bring him in establish him as this big character mm-hmm. Um 
but I've got my own thoughts on it, and I'll leave that there. But as we as we know where Christopher Daniels now, he could get the most simple of things over. Yeah, I mean, it's, many, a good, it's a good problem. Exactly. How many people go around and say this is the worst town I've ever been to? <laughs> yeah. But you think about all the good things he's done through it, and he's got such a stoiker and likes the TNA and now Ring of Honor and AEW. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of the things. Like if you bring him in there, and yes, it's going to lead to a big push. But where does he go once the angle's done? Does, will we get? Would we get any of that stuff that yes. he doesn't? He's like, what? Like what would have happened if AJ Styles took that developmental deal back in two thousand and two? It's it's a big what. It's a big what if you know. Yeah, but um, it, it would have been something. Now, um, as we know, this is a reboot show, and this is where our panel get to be creative. Uh, Andy, I'm going yeah. to start with you on this one. How would you, who would you have had revealed as the uh, higher power? Ted DiBiase, I'd have had him. And reasons why, it's like at this point, he's like become a ball again Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in WCW and his contract's running out later that year. Uh, if you get him in, let's say you've got the history with Austin. You've got the, uh, he, he's also the one that brings in Undertaker, so there's the history there. And the last time you saw him in Austin was that Austin got beat in a match and Ted DiBiase was obviously his manager because he introduced him and then he gets rid of him and Austin caught a promo saying he doesn't need him and all that and it's a reason for him to come back and he's like I hate Austin because he because of him he I'm not in this company anymore I have to go somewhere else and now I'm back and it would have been this great sort of return of the legend kind of thing there's, there's nothing more powerful than money yeah it's an interest it's an interest and, and exactly with his character as well it's like this is how he, he's like doing all this stuff he's probably got more money than McMahon you know, it's an, int- it's an interesting yeah. thought that one, Scott. How would you book this idea? I've got two options. One serious, one not so serious. Let's have them both go for it. My first one, you can tell which one this is. Mo from <laughs> former partner. Mo, former partner of Mabel, now Visitor. That would have made Visitor's inclusion make much more sense. Just imagine, just people like, who is he again? Uh, can I just ask how much did Gary Kernan pay you to say that? I think that's all I did for for me. Hashtag Visser for all of them. Gary's, Gary's not a big man in the mission fan. He just quite like seeing uh, Visser in that kind of latex pyjama type. I <laughs> <laughs> mean a giant bin bag even. But a more serious one. Brother Love. Bruce Pritchard. Okay. And yes, I know technically he came in with, with Tager and was kind of almost thrown to the side for uh, Paul Bear as his manager, but Bruce Pitcher works heavily with Vince. He has the influence within the company, and you can't use blend like real life with the storyline. In that he is so high up in the company, he's there to help him take over in his position yeah. of power. And also, you have the connection where he brought uh, Taker originally, and you can see like maybe Paul Bear and that went to him to help because Undertaker is lost. You need you need to bring you back to help guide him again. Mm. Again, I'm, I'm imagining all of these at the moment where the hood goes down. It's just like him with big red face. <laughs> Been a black suit and all white suit. I used to wear. Ah, oh, that's it's an interesting. Inter- it's not. I'm surprised that he's never thrown that out himself on his own podcast. But Pritchard, this when they when they were talking about Daniels, yeah, it must not have been in the thought at all. But mm. it, it, it does make a, it makes some sense. That could yeah. be a total gimmick switch as well, going from "I love you" to "I hate you." You know. <laughs> then we get the Bruce Pritchard that we know today. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Chris, what have you got? Well, going off the back of that. One that would just be so ridiculous that it would never go over, but imagine the hood came down and it was Jimmy Hart. (laughs) (laughs) Just just the megaphone. Um, No, my thinking is along the lines of not so much logical at the time, Mm -hmm. but it'd be more logical going down the line. Okay. Imagine the hood went down 
and it was Triple H. Which could then lead on to the Triple H and Stephanie marriage and then having them, instead of being what they are today, just being like the proper evil power couple. Like even more evil than they're meant to be. Now see, in this in this theory, would you have had Triple H still technically be in DX? And because they the Triple H did turn the DX at WrestleMania that year and was yeah. part of the corporate ministry, would you have still had them in DX, or I would you still had them in the would you have them in the ministry? I think the turn would have happened earlier, mm-hmm. and it would have coincided with this. Um, but just in my head, that could have worked to help pan out a different storyline. Um, and then the other one could be like have Gangrel be like the face of it. (laughs) (laughs) What you could have done with the Triple H thing is you could have actually went through with the whole wedding thing with Undertaker but then revealed weeks later actually you weren't saying I do to me you were saying I do to our higher power and revealed to be Triple H. Yeah. That could have been a, a, would have been a weirder way no weirder than drugging her and I'll drive. Yeah. I, I think that's the more kind of dare I say it, a socially acceptable way than drugging someone. Well, I've had 1999 is like many people's pinnacle years of wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 all coming off the back of you saying Jimmy Hart, I would just follow one which was like proper left field, but imagine the hook comes off and it was like Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> well, would, would, yeah. would, would, yeah, yeah. well. <laughs> would, would have been as excitable as Vince's one if it was me, Austin. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. A fan of comedy wrestling, Kwaku Aji. Uh, well, you probably have. Do you have a serious one or a funny one? No. Well, I have a serious one. Right. But it comes with a lot of contractual permutations. Okay. And it was. It could have been possible. You never know. Sting. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting one. WWE creative slide into my DMs at Mr. Aji. Yes, I have a kind of thought. Because it was kind of around about this time where he was, maybe it was just before or just after, I remember he was kind of relieved of his power in a certain other company, uh, Eric Bischoff. Ah, <laughs> that would have been quite interesting. Could you have imagined that one? Yeah. Just basically someone high peak WCW. And wave me spell, just as he throws the hood off that and back, theme song hits it. That's yeah. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't have known what that song meant. <laughs> but it's a tune. You, yeah. you never answered me when I called you out, Vince. Well, I came here. <laughs> you made me audition, you made me try and sell you a broom. <laughs> yeah, that's been quite interesting. I mean, no, sir. No, that was quite interesting. Uh, Eric Bischoff. I think what makes me laugh about the Jimmy Hart was having listened to Eric Bischoff's podcast about how often Jimmy Hart tried to get on air. Said if there was a camera with a red light on it, Jimmy Hart wanted to get in front of it. You just imagine Jimmy Hart <laughs> getting told, oh, I do I pretend to be the higher power? He'd be all up for that. Oh, I definitely. Honky Top Man would have been a good one. Here's the honky dog, man. And the accolades just start singing a song. The Aqua takes a complete different tone. Just all in play, just a high power. Like Man- Manson family, yes, but a honky tonk man starts there. So, some completely differing thoughts. Um, so, do we kind of think it's more suited to a kind of veteran? I mean, Chris yeah. was one of the only ones that kind of said somebody who was relatively up and coming in Triple H. So, but the, I thought the WCW angle was quite a good one because if it, the, the whole idea of taking the company over from Vince, I mean, at this point in time, the, the, the thing had turned. So somebody like a like a Sting, I can't even think who else. Bishop, the other two names that maybe come to mind who hadn't been in WWE at that point, I'm not too sure. Mm. Diamond Dallas Page would have made a lot of sense <laughs> at that point, in that particular point. Oh, Ric Flair, actually. 
Right. 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 And then later, a few years later, still want to go through the stalker angle. You could have made yeah. it. would have made a lot more sense. Like he was angry with Undertaker for the whole match. Because you've said Ric Flair, I could just imagine him. You would be spoiled right away. You just strut. Oh, it's like <laughs> who is the king? I don't know who what it is. Possibly <laughs> <laughs> just, just have, like takes the robe no, off. He take takes the robe off and there's a dressing gown underneath. It. <laughs> with us now being in 2019, imagine it was China. She didn't have the balls for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry, that's uh, from, uh, from I mean, King I mean, of the Ring. I am no relation, by the way. Given, given how heavily involved he was in the and all that, I wouldn't put it past Vin Drizzle to book himself as the higher power. Yeah, true, yeah. It was, it was me, bro, bro. It was me all along. It was a swerve. You didn't see it come. It was a swerve. <laughs> it was right. R- uh, Russo would have been the original bro at that uh, point, you know. But um, I, think it's, I think it's safe to say that we've all got some good options on that one. Some good alternatives to what we actually got in the actual higher power reveal. Now... We're moving on from the actual reveal, and we've got the aftermath of it itself. Could have been a long <laughs> aftermath, but really, it lasted about a month. Um, oh, ten minutes more, like uh, yeah. So <laughs> after this whole reveal, the McMahons are basking in their victory, glory, glory victory. <laughs> and then out, out come the other two McMahons, Linda and Stephanie, who were so unaware of what their, fa- their father and husband were doing. Stephanie especially, as, as, as she said. Overtime at the office. <laughs> <laughs> and in a business move that I've never seen before, having worked in a business magazine as my full-time job for over three years. Such a transaction. <laughs> it's like, I have 25%, she has 25%, and we're giving them to a man... Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who came out with a tattoo. You know? <laughs> he made an effort. <laughs> uh, Scott, I'll start with you yes. on this particular moment. Uh, waste, <laughs> do you think? Well, uh, it just seemed like they took it in a completely different direction. They made it less about all higher power and like cult and all uh, being, being, a, being a bit of a satanic cult to being all business and all that and shares in the company. It did not seem like something a ministry would be interested in yeah. like you forget like the whole reveal itself is so weird that people remember that line they don't remember how long this thing went on for and you just think how's how smart of a businesswoman is linda like ah, he's the guy who runs about in stolen vehicles ruins my husband's car assaults multiple co-workers he seemed like a good guy to put in charge of the company yeah so robert up to vince for doing all those shoddy things yeah. in the house did, did he not feel like his office way Shit at one point. Yeah, it is, yeah. And apparently it's his real office. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 with actual bill. The, uh, was it, wow. Shane McMahon's, uh, like, money uh, payment goes to the beer fund. Yeah. See, that whole angle was worth it for that whole segment. Yeah. It was a good, like, where he takes uh, money off, like, Vince's check and puts it into McFoley's check. Yeah. It's, you got some fun angles in it, Andy, but yeah. uh, we've had six months even eight months kind of it was around about November time when Undertaker started referring to this Ministry of Darkness higher power yeah. and essentially the whole thing we talk about nowadays how creative can kill somebody's momentum instantly this completely ruins the last near enough a year in yeah, the space of five minutes 
all just for what just uh, so and then Austin becomes the CEO kind of thing mm-hmm. it kind of, yeah because it didn't really go far after that it was just like no one really remembers all they remember is the King of the Ring match and then, and then it was like what happened after that nothing of the like it was just it was a waste of just this long build up but then again it was during the time where there was so much happening during the Attitude Era that it was just this weird angle that was just thrown in the mix so. yeah yeah, Chris, um, you forget about this time, but you've not really touched upon the fact that Undertaker at this reveal is the WWF champion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Well. Yeah. <laughs> he'd won it uh, over oh, the yeah. Edge event a uh, couple of weeks prior. And yeah. this whole thing is, cent- as I said, it's centred on Undertaker. We've kind of had this whole Undertaker's terrorised it, but by the point that this actually revealed, you could have easily forgotten yeah. that Undertaker was well, there. I see it. See, now in my head, it's worked out not bad mm-hmm. better than it could have been because if you think about it Stone Cold's been there pretty much throughout the full thing so like he rescued Stephanie then he's done all this sort of stuff fought Undertaker been screwed over and then he's now been revealed as a CEO I mean my favourite my whole favourite part about that angle was just the fact that he turned like business meetings into happy hour <laughs> it's like it's just amazing. Austin's great in that whole yeah, scene, that so whole one, to be fair. He does that job really well. He does that job really well. Start how do you add this is that how you answer phone? The hell do you want? Yeah. <laughs> the hell is this? But I love it. You, you, you forget as good as that but is it may, it takes away from the fact that Vince reveals himself and I don't think they ever actually mention the words higher power again. No, yeah. No. You, you, what was that? Oh, you go. But you watched King of the Ring ninety nine Look out for any mention of Vince being the higher power because you won't find any. Even on TV. No. You barely got apps anything, which, if you're at least going to have it revealed, you should at least do something with it. Yeah. It did seem like not only had they like, run out of ideas for this angle, but they kind of run ideas for Austin and Vince to be allies with each other. Because I think May 15 for that rivalry was a perfect combination because they finally got a match together the month before in the cage and then they finally foiled Vince once again at WrestleMania. It would have been a year-long kind of feud where it perfectly culminated we thought, well, we need Austin and Vince to be at odds again. I thought, let's just think uh, Vince is a higher power and make it a bit Austin Vince once again. What you saying? It's like, right after that, it's like Vince becomes face again. So it was just this like, weird part where it's like he's just a heel for like two months and then he's just, like feuding with Triple H. It's just... Yeah, it just... It was that. It was a case of we need someone as the higher power and then Vince was like, I don't like anyone, so I'll just do it. You would have liked them to have actually booked some yeah. sort of thing with a higher power because we even talk about the ministry you mean other than other than Taker himself do we see accolades for tag champions for a while other, well actually we wouldn't talk about it one of them got their title stolen by Billy Gunn uh-huh. <laughs> what's I mean the rest of them didn't really do much the boss man was nowhere up. he was starting to fade back until he's feud with the big show <laughs> uh, Midian was absolutely nowhere and Viscera was absolutely nowhere. I mean, Midian was still European champion. It's easy to forget, uh, but you know, no, I, I don't think he'd found them. You know, they also became them. naked Midian, you know. Which, uh, yeah, so I've, I've actually physically said, I mean, if we're not having a Viscera show until we have a naked Midian show, <laughs> God, can, we not, can we not put them a together? Very short show. <laughs> it would be a very short show. Um, but the kind of aftermath of Undertaker from this one, I mean, he ends up in a short feud with The Rock. Well, yeah. the highlight of it is him talking about pulling the, the horns off a bull. No, it was not the horns, it was the balls. The balls from a bull. Well, I can't remember, I, An I, important I, question to ask, and the answer is, you get a very angry bull. Which was another <laughs> weird bit of... And then, just take, a, take a lose of the WWF title the night after taking the ring. 
I mean, yeah. the man's just blooming. Two months ago, he was engaged. <laughs> I know. He's like running the show. <laughs> like the whole point of this higher angle, higher power thing was keep the belt off of Austin. And as soon as King of the Rings done, you've you've given Austin the belt. Like, well, clearly your whole plan has failed once again. It's just like, would you have liked to have seen them, Vince controlling this group in some way a bit more? Or being a bit more of a different character, yeah. A bit more of the. the ha- I mean, as I said, the higher power thing was these guys, he was the one who dictated everything they did, and the minute he becomes known, nothing happens. I mean, he's still technically the higher power. It kind of reminds me, like, this whole angle and the fact that it just died off so quickly, it just reminds me of the whole, like, Bray Wyatt sister Abigail thing. Because that just, it built up, built up, built up, just died off. Is it, is that case of, oh, the, the audience isn't reacting to this, or oh, we'll just kill it now? Yeah. We won't go any further. Yeah. It's like when Stone Cold became CEO, I think they maybe done that so that the ratings kind of went up a bit because that, he, that, he he's meant to be like the working man and he's meant to be like oh F the boss and all that sort of stuff so I think that's maybe their well, that's the logic the CEO reveals the same night as the, the higher power reveal so it's I like, would have done that a totally yeah. different week I you know, know it's all on the one it's all on the one long half hour segment uh, I know because like this is maybe the biggest point of the angle the fight big reveal and then suddenly like 10 minutes later it doesn't mean anything because you've got this other big reveal and then the match is all about the CEO it's not about higher the power thing, the thing yeah. as well I mean, Vince is he is a higher power he's in control of the corporate ministry but yet at no point does your big 500 pound odd enforcer your two brutes of, of a tag team and the boss and the boss man who's been your enforcer before try to go to the headquarters and try and take this guy out you know we see no form of I mean even though Granted, there's like there's security at that building. You know, this is a corporate business office. Who cares? You are a ministry, a satanic group who literally three months before it went to the man's house. <laughs> we forget. We actually forget. Actually, at that point, we talked earlier when Undertaker came out dressed as Kane. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well. They did everything to torture these guys. Were evil to the core, but yet they can't go to a corporate headquarters and try and take out the scene. Well, they didn't want to get sacked. You know what I mean? By. Uh... <laughs> that'll be because they couldn't get in because Stone Cold probably revoked their passes <laughs> yeah that woman refused them to come in you know she's could you imagine that actual skits of, of like the, the reception at the headquarters and just like Biddy and just like scan my eye APA Mr. and the athletes have you got an appointment <laughs> sorry sir if your pass doesn't work you can't come any further Walking in like Sam and Bash, they go, oh, We're storming, we don't need an appointment. That was the storming. Like, the Austin becoming CEO and its own wee <coughs> separate angle would have been funny enough, but it didn't work for this angle because it just took it off in a completely different direction. No, it, it, it would have worked in a different time. Yeah. yeah. If we didn't have, see if this was completely separate from the higher power, the higher power stuff was going on, and then one week we had the Austin became CEO somehow. I mean, we would have taken that, but it's the fact we've had this. Because Sorry. Just saying with the CEO stuff, we, we all knew like Austin like sort of was slowing down towards the end of '99. It's like that could have been a great reason to like keep him off TV. Yeah, it would have, it would have made sense that way. Then, but then they kind of panicked by giving him the belt, and then we had the he had that month feud with the Undertaker going into fully loaded, where even though Vince again, as I go back to, he's meant to be the man who's controlling the Undertaker as the higher power. He's, he's the man he's listened to. And yet it comes to that, and Undertaker does not really want to listen to a word he's saying. It's just, if you had that, if, if, again, if that was standalone, I mean, what's your thoughts on that whole Austin Undertaker sing, actual feud in terms of the higher power angle? 
It seemed rushed. It was yeah. very rushed. Yeah. It was absolutely rushed. Yeah. Off the match. Yeah. Oh yeah. The build up to it was fully loaded. Once yeah, the yeah. first blood match. I, I do like, like, even if it wasn't Vince, if you had whoever was the Thyper, like you said, <laughs> let Austin go away for a while, have the match, like take him out once they've taken the belt off, and that's when you have like you'll, you can have a longer feud with The Rock. You have like Mick Foley and like the Big Show all teaming up, all these faces trying to him before Austin finally returns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they kept going on about that Triple H will challenge the winner, you know, and like you could have had something like. I know Triple H became like the most dastardly heel of all time at that point in time, but they could have had a bit of a tease where he was he tried to take out Undertaker. Yeah. He tried to come out from come up from a fin and he maybe would have been the one who took down I mean, again, with retrospective we never would have got one of the best heels ever. Yeah, his inclusion become makes mess less and less sense as it goes on because he randomly joins the corporation, like he's trying to get ahead, fair enough. Now he's involved in this corporate ministry like is he, like if you explain he's trying to get close to the title then fair enough but just the more it goes on Triple H seems like he doesn't belong there he seems like Undertaker's psychic yeah at one particular point he becomes in, like secondary which and then he kind of becomes like the helper and then it turns out he wants the title that's because he's trying to get Undertaker's missus i.e. Stephanie do you have him like maybe turn on Undertaker at some point during this angle and maybe join up with like reluctantly with like The Rock and Mankind and you have a good decision story and then once it's all done then you can have him turn and take the belt like like I said I, I did this all just to get the belt and I did what I needed to do I thought you were going to say I'd done it for the wrong <laughs> no he did it for the belt the, the thing that makes it even worse as well is the fully loaded stipulation is if Undertaker loses Vince is gone and obviously Austin's won it and then Vince is kind of so we've had in the space of six weeks we've had the man revealed as the man controlling the man who's trying to take down his company, and then he's gone. The end of and it. Then, uh, and then three weeks later, he's back, and then three months he's later, he's the WWF champion. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if he's going to be the guy ruling the place, he should at least be there for a while, I think. I mean, it just makes him actually being the higher power so much more ridiculous than what happened after. The fact is, he has the power of the company anyway, so it's just like... He has the power of the company, he has the power over... It's just... It just makes got the power over the union as well. We actually, it didn't even. We actually think about it. The person who actually benefited more from this actually was Triple H because I know we're maybe jumping ahead, but like the union, they got they did the thing where they all got something like and they all last like matches with members of the ministry. But Tess just wanted to go out with Stephanie, <laughs> and then that led to the yeah. wedding angle, which led to Triple H. Well, we got to remember around about this particular time before that pay per view fully loaded is when we got the the game promo the yeah. game in the interview where he talks about being the game for the first time ever so oh, you... and The Rock says like you got a like, 12 inch nose and it's about 10 inches up Vince's ass or something like that uh, so I think it's I think it's fair to say like we, they, they could have maybe saved it Definitely. by doing something after it but I think it was doomed within 5 within 5 minutes uh, yeah something that people forget about later on when Stephanie joins with Triple H is she actually mentions when she explains why did I do it, she actually mentions this angle. She mentions, like, do you think I was going to forget that you hired The Undertaker to kidnap me and all that? Do you think I was going to forget that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, when you think about it, as much as a big heel faction they would go and be, it made Stephanie seem like the most logical out of that. And then after WrestleMania, Vince was joined with them again. Like, oh, it's all forgiven. I know. But the McMahons, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. the pinnacle. More drama than bloody Game of Thrones. The pinnacle of sports entertainment. Um, well, Christmas must be like Rindertus. 
You know, they don't spend it at home, they spend it at WWE. I don't know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, now we're talking about the whole angle. We've, we've kind of covered bits of the angle as a whole. It's got its place 20 years on. I, mean, it was even, I think it was last week, 20 years from the day that uh, that famous Fitz reveal happened. What does everybody think of how this angle places itself in the whole wrestling history? Andy, go with you in this moment. How do you think it places? It sort of it shows that the attitude there is like as mental as it is, it, it was stupid in the times as well. And it was just like they had no idea what they were doing. It was like they were booking week to week. Mm-hmm. And it was just like this it, it does have a place in history because it is a great moment that, that everyone knows that even non wrestling fans can It's do. nostalgic. Yeah, it's very nostalgic and uh, and people have fond memories of that, but yeah, we just in terms of the logic of the storyline. So you like that light? I do, yeah, it's fine. You, you like the fact that it's on such a relevant show? Yeah, no, that's a good this thing I've shared this week. Christmas <laughs> Two weeks in a row, he's had a kind of relevant show he can yeah. talk about. Yeah, no, I didn't do well in the actual hour last week, so. He's going to just barge into the next week's Queen of the Rings show and go, It's me, Austin! Yeah. <laughs> it was me all along, yeah. Sarah! <laughs> you all bought it! <laughs> you were made fools of! <laughs> Scott, how do you think this place is in wrestling history? A couple of things. Uh, one, like the potential it had, as we clearly discussed here, where it could have gone, but like they were, it clearly sums up 1999 and WWE in that they were speed, they were so successful, they were carrying on from the success of the previous year, and this is a case of it. And this year, they were throwing stuff at the wall to see what stuck. And even the stuff that didn't stick, they clearly still used. And I think it's a weird. It sums up the attitude there, like. 1998, they're starting to success. 99, they're going a bit too far. In 2000, they pull back, and that's the perfect year. Mm. Really, I quite like 99. You know, mm. I'm looking back. It's like very Jerry Springer-esque. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely, just... absolutely. As we discussed last week in the quiz with the the Terry Reynolds pregnancy, being Val Venus being stopped by D'Lo Brown. <laughs> this is like. This is, this is where it gets to the point where it's clear Vince Russo's running out of ideas here. This is his peak. He's trying to throw everything Not in a good way. Throw the kitchen sink at it. Or yeah, he's said, just, throw throw, just throw things at the wall. No. I wonder what goes on in your house. The kitchen sink would not be till after he left at no mercy that year. Because yeah, if uh, Vince Russo's just thrown everything at the wall until he can leave for WCW. I'm sure in their house it'll be the toilet gets thrown after Ross destroys it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris, how do you think this place is? See, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's a strange one for me because they could have done so much more with it, but they didn't do enough. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes when they do an angle, you look at it, you look back at it, and you're like, you know what, that that worked really well. And they, if they could have taken it further, they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Whereas with this one, it's like, why, 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 why did you go this far? Like, you, it wasn't working at this point because you've done this big review there is there's been no follow up why not just follow up on that and then have that other feud like down the line like it makes no sense I know it's 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 literally it comes across as a kind of week by week yeah thinking it's like right we've done this right Mm -hmm. what are we going to do this week how are we going to be this week and then they get to a point like what are we going to do you know it sounds like it can be sounds a lot like we were basically saying Vince's defence reveal ruined it and I don't think that's what we're saying well it was probably not the best idea Yeah. But I think by the time they did the reveal and I said it could have gone from on much longer after the reveal I think by the time we got there 
the angle would pretty much run its what, course. What yeah. was the point of no return, do you think? I think the reveal. The, the point that kind of... You thought it was just going to die off. I think when Austin came out with CEO, it was like... Yeah. Just an afterthought. That, it was a no that point. seemed a bit too far left field. Mm. Was there no point before it where you thought it was maybe done? Copper Ministry? Still thought it was kind of... You still could have went somewhere. somewhere a bit. Uh, yeah. See, see the way the whole review went on? It just came across that Linda was a higher power because she was the one that came out on top after it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like if it was somebody who was connected to the Undertaker, it would have at least Taker was still being part of the story. But since it was Vince, Taker just faded to the background. That is a good point, though, because if you think about it, right? Vince came out as a higher power. What is the higher power? What is their job? Because if Linda then comes out and is like, well, you're not CEO anymore. It's now going to be Stone Cold. Does that not make her as the higher power for the full thing? Like, mm. like. Yeah. What if she was the one under the cloak? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, still, like, like I said, with Bret Hart still not enthusiastic. It was me. Both <laughs> 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 Linda and her. She would get to reveal the David Campbell says with a chainsaw. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that was more cryptic than a Sasha Bank tweet. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Definitely, man. <laughs> Quacky, what did you? What did you your herself <laughs> history? It's very for me. It's a very nostalgic thing. Oh yes, it's nostalgic for that. Just for that moment alone. Yeah. I like how Andy places with it again and Scott on cue. Oh, I can't. I'll need to do it at the end of the show. Oh. I'm not a performing monkey. It's poking me a thick dance, monkey. You're a goddammit! Like, it, is, it has a lot of ridiculous points in this, but I think it would have been, like, and we have been slagging parts of it, but I think it would have been slagged a lot more had it not been in this particular era where they could have almost got away with everything. Yeah. If, this had yeah. to, if this had happened in current era, oh, it would have oh, been oh, so bad. It's good, it's, the PC brigade would have had a lot of fun. <laughs> like, so, social media would not allow this or most attitude era angles to ever exist. True, true. But it did exist, and we have gave a great attempt at trying to recreate the bits we didn't like and praise the bits we didn't I, I just hope it somehow finds a way into our truths 24-7 title defence <laughs> in some re- incarnation. I don't know how. I'll leave it to our truth to think of it because he's a genius. Go for it. Mm. <laughs> Carmella's the higher power. <laughs> oh, the way she dictated that lift the other night. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that has been our rebook of the Higher Power Angle. It's the latest in a succession and series of rebook shows that we've done. It's the first actual angle we've done. We've done a rebook of a WrestleMania, a Royal Rumble, and of a King of the Ring. So you can catch all them on our back catalogue at suplexretweet.com, along with various other interviews and shows we have done in the last 18 months. We have 160 before this episode. It's 161 now. Uh, so that's that was today's show uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks here at Suplex Retreat we have got next week's next fantasy booking type show which is the Queen of the Ring so yeah. it's something that people have wanted to see for many years the closest thing we maybe got to it was the Mayan Classic but we are doing a fantasy and going through all pretty much any women's wrestler in history any women's wrestler in fantasy mm-hmm. I have been told as well so that's coming well, up there's some real names in there, yeah. <laughs> there so, that's, so that's coming up on next week's show see who the, the best women's wrestler is of all time to, um, picked by our panel and then in the week after that uh, it pains me a wee bit to say this but David Hockney is back in the hosting chair <laughs> shivers <laughs> after, a long, after a long absence and he'll be hosting the history of the king of the ring imagine David Hockney was a higher pillar <laughs> 
if everybody on that panel is taking the role of Elephant King of the Ring, then Hockney is in the position of the Billy Gunn of that panel. Like, it's me, Stephen. It's me all along. <laughs> oh, son of a... <laughs> so, um, so, yeah... <laughs> that, that week the, the team will be going through the all the past King of the Ring winners and try to dictate who will be the best, who will be the worst. I think Scott's already named one of the worst. Uh, but I said, no, Ross is on that show. Might be I, I, I was going to say, would you argue with that? Uh, Ross is on that show. <laughs> he will argue with that till the death. But that's coming up in the next couple of weeks here at Suplex Retweet. And then we've got a whole bunch of other great shows coming up over the rest of the year before they go plan. We've got some unique concepts coming up as well. You need to keep with us to get what's coming again you can do that by subscribing to us on the podcast platform of your choosing we are on various ones I'll be here all day if I was to go through them but no I don't remember them all what's it (laughs) Spotify iTunes Podbean Brew Podchaser and what other ones Uh, I would like to thank my panel for this evening first of all to Andy Mitchell thank you very much for having us to Scott McLeod thank you uh, to Chris thanks for joining us this evening thank you for having me thank you very much I've been Stephen Wilson and we can't end the show without it one more time it's me Austin god damn it (laughs) it's me all along (laughs) we'll see you next week catch you later listen cunts I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing whatever you think is more important with your life you honking bag of tips you know what you should be doing you should be going online you should be subscribing you should be listening to the back catalogue of eat sleep suplex retweet whatever the fuck you're doing that's what you should be doing i don't care if it's your mum's birthday i don't care if she's feeling contractions get on it right now